Lesson number 111, Surah At-Tawbah, ayah number 117 to 129. Laqad certainly taballahu. Allah has turned in mercy. Ala nabiyyi upon the Prophet, wal muhajirin and the immigrants, wal ansar and the helpers. Alladhina those who ittaba'uhu. They followed him. Followed who? The Prophet ﷺ. At what time? Fi in sa'atil usrah. The difficult hour. The hour of difficulty. And what is that hour of difficulty? That time of immense, immense difficulty. The expedition to the book. With this ayah, the surah reaches its conclusion. So from these ayat, we will see a conclusion to all the messages that we learned in the surah. In this ayah, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That Allah has taba towards who? The Prophet and the believers who are the muhajirin and the ansar who followed him at the time of Tabuk. Taba, as I mentioned to you earlier, literally means a rujur to return. Now when a servant, he taba, he returns, he returns to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Returns when? When he went away from him. He went away from Allah, he committed a sin, and then taba, he goes back to Allah. Seeking his forgiveness, with guilt in his heart, feeling bad about what he did, going back to Allah, begging Him for pardon, for forgiveness, hoping for Allah's mercy with the resolve of never going back to that sin again. This is what tawbah is. This is what the word tawbah means when it's used for a person, for a human being. But over here, tawbah is being used for who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tawballahu. So when the word tawbah is used for Allah, what does it mean? that Allah turns in mercy towards His servant. How? That when the servant has gone far from him, committing a sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him the ability to realize his mistake. So what happens? That person repents to Allah. And when Allah gives him the ability to repent, then Allah accepts his repentance. He elevates his ranks. So لَقَدْ تَابَ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ What does it mean? Allah has already forgiven the Prophet ﷺ. And it's also used for when Allah elevates the ranks of a servant. So the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't really commit any sin at this occasion. But yes, there were you know, some things that weren't as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted him to do. Like for example, we learned, anka lima The Prophet ﷺ allowed some hypocrites to remain behind. So Allah revealed, may Allah pardon you, why did you allow them? Hmm? So he was a human being. Mistakes like this happened at every level. So this ayah says, Allah has completely forgiven the Prophet ﷺ. His state now is far better than it was before the expedition to the book. The book was a very, very difficult experience. It was an experience in which people, they were emotionally shaken up. Physically they were affected. In every way they were affected. Because it was a very 
long journey, difficult journey, sa'atil usra, Allah describes it. Usra is extreme difficulty. Hour of difficulty. Why was it so difficult, this expedition? Because A, the journey was very long. B, it was extremely hot. Extremely hot. Thirdly, because they had very few resources. There was a lack of resources. Multiple people were sharing a camel. Multiple people. Two, three would ride it at a time. And then after some time, they would have to step down and walk while others would ride. And then there came a time when people had to slaughter those precious camels just to get some liquid by squeezing their intestines. That liquid that they would put in their mouth so that they could breathe. Umar anhu, he was asked about Sa'atul Usra. And he said, we went with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in the intense heat for Tabuk. We camped at a place in which we were stricken so hard by thirst that we thought our necks would be severed. Has it ever happened that your mouth is so dry, your neck is so dry, you're not able to talk? It's like you feel as if it's cracking up. Perhaps we haven't experienced that. But an extreme thirst, a person feels like that. Mouth is dry, throat is dry all the way down. And as you breathe, you know, it hurts. He said, we thought our necks would be severed. We thought we would die. One of us used to go out in search of water and did not return until he feared that his neck would be severed. People would slaughter their camels, squeeze their intestines, and drink their content, placing whatever was left on his stomach to cool himself. The wet innards of a camel, imagine, they would put them on their bellies just to get some comfort, some coolness. So what happened then? Abu Bakr anhu, he came to the Prophet and said, O Allah's Messenger, Allah has always accepted your invocation, please make dua for us. The Prophet said, Tuhibbu dhalik, you like that? You want me to make dua? Abu Bakr said, please do. The Prophet raised his hand and did not put them down until rain fell from the sky in abundance. It rained and then it stopped raining for a while and then rained again. So the people, they filled up their containers and then when they were done using the water, they went out to see how far the rain fell and they saw there was nowhere else except where they had camped. لَقَدْ تَابَ اللَّهُ Because the believers went through so much difficulty so much difficulty for the sake of Allah. They weren't being paid millions of dollars for this expedition. They weren't being sponsored. They were using the money from their pockets. Their orchards were waiting to be harvested. They had put that at risk. Their families were back in Medina. And they left for the cause of Allah. And when they went out in Allah's way, bearing this kind of hardship for His sake alone, Allah says He forgave them. Allah has pardoned. He has forgiven His Prophet. He has forgiven the Muhajireen and the Ansar who followed the Prophet ﷺ fi sa'atil usra in the hour of most, most difficulty. It was such a time when min ba'dima after that, kada it was about to yazigu, it would incline. Qulubu hearts, fariqim minhum, a group from them. Yazigu is from zayg. And what does zayg mean? To deviate, to swerve. 
So, Yazil Kulubu Fariqim Minhum, a group of the believers were almost inclined to what? Remaining behind. Because they knew that the journey to the book was not going to be easy. So there was a group of believers who were initially hesitant. They had almost thought of not going along with the Prophet ﷺ. But what happened? ثُمَّ تَابَ عَلَيْهِمْ But Allah turned in mercy to them. Allah gave them the ability to be determined and go along with the Prophet ﷺ. إِنَّهُ بِهِمْ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ Indeed, He is with them. Ra'uf, compassionate, kind. Rahim, merciful. You might wonder, but the believers have to go through so much difficulty. We don't think that's compassion. But you know what? That is compassion. Because for every step they were taking on the journey to the book, Allah was forgiving their sins. Allah was elevating their ranks. It was a difficulty that yes, it was very, very hard upon them. But you know what? It was still doable. Because Allah does not impose upon a servant more than he can bear. Isn't that so? There are times in our lives when what we have to do is extremely difficult. But you know what? We survive. We don't collapse. We don't die. We make it. So remember, every difficulty, every difficulty, it is possible that you might think you're not going to make through it. You're going to lose it before you reach the end. You might think like that. But remember, Allah is Ra'uf, He is Rahim. He is kind, so He will never overburden you. He is kind, so He will reward you for every moment of suffering that you bear in submission to Him. Because He is Ra'uf and Rahim. And also upon the three. Meaning Allah has also forgiven the three. Which three people? Alladina khullifu. Those who were khullifu. Khullifu from Khalamfa. Khullifu, they were left behind. They were left behind, meaning their case was deferred. They were not granted forgiveness immediately. Their pardon was deferred. When the Prophet ﷺ returned from Tabuk, we see that when the Muslims returned from Tabuk, those who had gone on this expedition, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave all of them. Right? Obviously there were some munafiqeen who didn't go with sincerity, who didn't return with sincerity. They were obviously far from forgiveness. But those who went with sincerity, returned in that state, in a better state, they were all pardoned. Then we see that there were some sincere believers who did not go along with the Prophet ﷺ. What did they do? They tied themselves up in the masjid. They said, we're not, nobody's releasing us until we are forgiven. Were they forgiven? Yes, very soon. They were forgiven. There were three companions who didn't do that. However, they came to the Prophet ﷺ, admitted their fault, that we should have gone out with you, there was no excuse preventing us, and we are guilty. And we want Allah to forgive us. So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ told them, okay, get up and wait until Allah forgives you. So basically the Prophet ﷺ didn't say, fine, you're forgiven. He said, yes, we'll wait for Allah's order. These were three people. Who were they? Ka'b bin Malik, Hilal bin Umayyah, and Murara ibn Rabi'ah. 
Allah says over here that He has also forgiven them. What is their story? Their story is mentioned in many books of Ahadith, in Bukhari, in Muslim, in Musnad Ahmad. But the version in Musnad Ahmad is, you can say it has the most detail in it, and this is the reason why I've chosen that to share with you. Imam Ahmad has recorded that Ka'b bin Malik radiallahu anhu, one of the three sahaba, one of the al-thalatha, al-ladhina khullifu, he was a companion of the Prophet ﷺ who was present at Al-Aqabah Pledge. When was Al-Aqabah Pledge made? When? Do you know? Before the Hijrah. The people of Medina, they came to Mecca inviting the Prophet ﷺ, please come and join us in Medina. You'll be safe here. So the Prophet ﷺ, he made a covenant with them. And that is known as the Aqabah Pledge. So you're talking about someone who embraced Islam, not after the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, but before that, Al-Aqabah. And the people who were present at Al-Aqabah, they were also promised Jannah. Ka'ab radiallahu anhu was one of them. He had participated in every battle with the Prophet ﷺ except for Badr. But the battle of Badr, you know how many Muslims were there? How many? It was only 300. Everyone was not supposed to go anyway. And the people who did not participate, they were not reprimanded for it either. Ka'ab bin Malik anhu, I want you to understand who he is. Aqaba, promised Jannah, every single battle. But the expedition to the book, what happened? He didn't go. Why? Because, he said, he had every means available. He said that, this was the one time in his life when he had two camels. Before that, he had never had two camels at the same time. He had every means available. But what happened when the Prophet ﷺ made it clear, everybody is going to the book, every single person has to go. Karbin Malik said, of course I'll go. And the people started you know, getting ready for the expedition. Karbin Malik, he said, every day I would go out in order to prepare for the expedition. But I would go out and come back home without getting anything done. And he would say, I can do that if I want. It's like, you know your lesson a little bit. And you're like, yeah, yeah, the test is coming, I know. I'll just read through the Jews quickly once before the test and I'm good. But what happens? In the morning you say, yeah, I'll do it. Next thing you know, it's afternoon. You say, yeah, I'll do it. Next thing you know, it is nighttime. You say, yeah, I'll do it. Next thing you know, you're driving to Al-Huda. Right? So sometimes it happens that you're so confident about the fact that you can do something, that you keep delaying it, delaying it, delaying it, until it's too late. So what happened? The day came when the Muslim army was ready and they left Medina. Karbin Malik said, I hadn't done anything. And at that time also he said, I said to myself, I can join them. I'll leave tomorrow. I'll leave day after. And what happened? It was too late to catch up with the Muslims. Karbin Malik was therefore left in Medina. And he said, it grieved me that every time I came out to the streets, to the masjid, I saw two kinds of people. One, those who were accused of hypocrisy. And two, those who were weak, meaning who had some genuine reason for not being able to participate in the battle. So Karbin Malik, he stayed like that in Medina with this guilt. And when he heard that the Prophet ﷺ was almost back in Medina, he started thinking of different ways in which he could excuse himself. And he said, but when the Prophet ﷺ came, all those excuses and all those lies, they left me. 
The Prophet Wasallam's usual habit was that when he would come back from a journey, he would go straight to the masjid and offer two nafal salah over there. And then he would meet people, and then he would go home. So the Prophet ﷺ did that. He was in the masjid after his salah, and people started coming in. Almost 80 people came offering lies, false excuses to the Prophet ﷺ for staying behind. And what did the Prophet ﷺ do? Whatever. He was like, okay. He didn't congratulate them. He didn't show their his absolute approval. Like he was told, turn away from them, and that's exactly what he did. So Karb bin Malik, now he came. The Prophet ﷺ told him, Ta'al, come. What happened? Did you not have the equipment? Why didn't you come? Karb bin Malik anhu said, if I were sitting in front of anyone else, I could have lied to them. I could have made something up and made them believe me. However, I know that if I lie to you and please you, Allah will never be happy with me. But if I speak the truth, because of which I know you will be unhappy with me, I hope that Allah will forgive me. So Karbin Malik basically, he confessed, he admitted his mistake. So the Prophet ﷺ, he told him, okay, now get up and wait. So get up until Allah decides your case. So Karbin Malik he got up from the masjid and as he was leaving, people came rushing after him. What did you just do? You could have made an excuse and the Prophet ﷺ would have been okay with you. And so many people said this to him that Karbin Malik thought, I should go back and lie to the Prophet ﷺ. He almost thought of doing that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him stability. And what happened? He didn't lie. He remained firm upon the truth. After some time, the Prophet ﷺ, he told the people, do not speak with Karb bin Malik. No one was allowed to speak to Karb bin Malik. Imagine, Karb bin Malik was wondering, am I the only one who's like this? And he found out that there were two other companions who had also gone to the Prophet ﷺ and confessed their mistakes. One of them, the reason was, that his orchard was ready. He was about to you know, harvest. So that kept him busy. And the other companion, his family, was all gathered together. And so he thought it's okay. And both of them had actually participated in Badr. So Karb bin Malik, he realized that, okay, I'm not alone. There are other people with me who are firm upon the truth. So this made him even stronger. Even stronger. So these two companions, what happened? The other two, they were older and they just remained in their homes and they wept and wept and wept. Karb bin Malik on the other hand was young and courageous and strong. He was also a poet. So he wouldn't just stay in his house. He would go to the masjid, pray with the Prophet ﷺ. He would go about the streets. He would go to the marketplace. But imagine that was more difficult Imagine you're walking and people see you and they look away. How hard that must have been. He would go to the masjid and greet the Prophet ﷺ and he would wait to hear the response but he wouldn't know if the Prophet ﷺ responded to him or not. He would sit and just watch the Prophet ﷺ but the Prophet ﷺ would not look towards him. And when Karbun Malik would stand up to pray, he could feel that the Prophet ﷺ was looking at him. Imagine going through this. 
Karb bin Malik, one day, he was feeling so alone, so distressed, he climbed over the wall of one of his relatives, Abu Qatada. And what happened? When he climbed over, he said, Oh Abu Qatada, I beseech you by Allah, do you know that I love Allah and His Messenger? Don't you know that I'm a sincere believer? You know that I love Allah. You know that I love Rasulullah Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you be okay with me? Don't you know that I'm a believer? Abu Qatada was silent. He didn't answer. He said, I beseech you by Allah. Again he said to him, again he said to him, he said, in the name of Allah, tell me, do you not know that I'm a believer? I love Allah and His Messenger. Abu Qatada just responded, Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Allah and His Messenger know better. Karbin Malik, he said, my eyes were filled up with tears. Just imagine, this is like the height of rejection. Where you're asking somebody, don't you know that I'm with you? I'm a sincere believer. I have faith in my heart. Won't you accept me? Yes, I made a mistake, but won't you accept me for who I am? And Abu Qatada says to him, Allah and His Messenger know better. Karb bin Malik, his eyes were full of tears and he just left. He said, one day I was walking in the marketplace. When a man came, this man, he came from the Romans and he said, Guide me to Karb bin Malik. Who's Karb bin Malik? So the people directed that man towards Karb bin Malik. And that man handed a letter to Karb bin Malik. And that letter was from the king of Ghassan. The king of Ghassan. And Ghassanids were those who were close to the Romans. Imagine the king sends a letter to Karb bin Malik. And in that letter what is written? To proceed, I have been informed that your friend has treated you harshly. Anyhow, God does not make you live in a place where you feel inferior and your right is lost. So join us and we will console you. It was basically an offer. Leave Muhammad wasallam. come join us. Karb bin Malik took that letter, walked up to an oven and ditched it. Can you imagine facing rejection from your people? Someone else offers you, come join us. We'll be your buddies. But he knows, he knew what that meant. He meant, that meant, you get to enjoy a little bit now and punishment forever in the hereafter. As great as an offer it was, Karb bin Malik knew its reality. So he burnt it right there and then. Forty days passed like this. How many? Forty. Not four, not ten, forty. That's over a month. That's over a month. The Prophet ﷺ, he sent a message to Karb bin Malik and his other two companions, Athalatha, keep away from your wives. Keep away from your wives. You're not allowed to mingle with them. You're not allowed to have any relations with them. Karb bin Malik asked, should I divorce my wife? He said, no, just keep away. One of the companions, he was very old. One of the three, he was very old. So his wife went to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Oh Prophet, he's a very old man. He cannot help himself. He does not have any servant. Please allow me to serve him at least. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Okay, but do not have any relations with him. She said, He's got no desire left in him. For the past 40 days, he's only been crying. He's only been crying. 
He has no interest in me. He's no interest in anything. He's just been crying all this time. Forty days passed like this. Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu anhu, he said, then one day, I was at the roof of one of our houses, and I had finished the morning prayer. And this was the 50th day. He had finished the Fajr prayer, and he said, I was feeling exactly how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described our state in the Qur'an. What is that state? Look at the ayah. وَعَلَى الثَّلَاثَةِ الَّذِينَ خُلِّفُوا حَتَّى until إِذَا ضَاقَتْ Their matter was delayed so much until إِذَا ضَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَرْضُ Until the earth became tight and restricted upon them. ضَاقَتْ From ضِيق To be tight and narrow. بِمَا رَحُبَتْ Despite its vastness. رَحُبَتْ To be vast. Despite the fact that Medina was still Medina, Yathrib was still an open place, a beautiful oasis surrounded by the vast desert, yet that same land felt very tight and narrow upon them. Why? Because of the social boycott. Because of not knowing what was going to happen with them. Would Allah pardon them or would He punish them? They didn't know. ضَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَرْضُ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ وَضَاقَتْ And it became tight. عَلَيْهِمْ upon them أَنفُسُهُمْ Their souls. Their own souls confined them. They felt suffocated in their own bodies. Their own bodies suffocated them. Their own selves became unbearable for them. They were so frustrated with themselves even that they didn't know what to do. And it happens with people that when they face rejection, when nobody's getting along with them, a moment comes when they cannot even get along with themselves. And this is when many people become suicidal. They say, you know what? I can't bear myself anymore. I hate myself for what I've done for who I am, for what I've said. I hate myself. So they just want to take something and finish themselves off. وَضَّاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنفُسُهُمْ Their own souls became narrow upon them. They were frustrated with themselves. They could not tolerate themselves anymore. وَظَنُّوا And they knew for sure. أَمْ that لَا مَلْجَأَ There is no مَلْجَأَ مَلْجَأَ from the root letters Lam Jim Hamza Luju Luju is refuge. Malja is one who provides refuge, one who gives shelter. They knew that there is no Malja, no place of security, no place of shelter, Minallah from Allah Illa except Ilayhi to him. They knew no one could shelter them. Their families, their spouses, the ghassanids, no one could protect them from Allah. Who could protect them? Who could protect them? Illa ilayhi. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Karb bin Malik was sitting on the roof of the house and feeling like that. Lonely, tight, suffocated in his own body. Wondering what's going to happen 
And he knew that if Allah doesn't forgive me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who I am, what I can do. If Allah doesn't pardon me, I am an absolute loser. And this is why he didn't give up. He's sitting like that, and all of a sudden, he hears something. What does he hear? He hears someone announcing, shouting at the top of his voice, Rejoice, Karb bin Malik. Someone who was at the top of the mountain of Salah, shouting and yelling at Karb bin Malik, Rejoice, O Karb bin Malik. And Karb bin Malik, he gets up, he's like, what's going on? What's going on? And he saw that it was Abu Bakr anhu, who was standing at that mountain, yelling. And somebody else was running towards him on a horse. And who was that? Umar anhu. Because in the morning of the 50th night after Fajr, these ayat were revealed. As soon as these ayat were revealed, showing that Allah had pardoned Karb bin Malik, Abu Bakr anhu didn't wait. He got up and he ran. When Umar anhu saw Abu Bakr running, he said, let me take my horse and run to Karb bin Malik, I'll get there faster. I want to be the one who gives him this good news. But what happened? Abu Bakr was smarter than Umar anhu. So he climbed up the mountain and yelled out. And not just these two people, many, many more people were just running and running towards Karb bin Malik in order to meet him. Karb bin Malik, when he heard that announcement, when he heard that news, he went straight to the masjid. When he got there, the Prophet ﷺ was sitting. And when he got there, everybody sitting, Talha, anhu, he gets up, he comes forward, and he hugs him, congratulates him. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, O Karb, rejoice, this is the best day of your life since your mother gave birth to you. Karb bin Malik, his tawbah was accepted. His repentance was accepted. Allah forgave him. Karb bin Malik, anhu, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, O Allah's Messenger, because of the acceptance of my repentance, I will give all my wealth in charity. Allah forgave me, I'll give everything in the way of Allah's gratitude. The Prophet ﷺ said, keep some of your wealth, it will be better for you. Yes, you're very happy, but keep some of it. Karban Malik said, O Allah's Messenger, Allah has saved me for telling the truth. Allah saved me, why? Because I spoke the truth, I did not lie. And as part of my repentance, I will never utter a lie as long as I live. So he turned in mercy to them so that they would seek his forgiveness, they would repent. Indeed, Allah, He is a tawab, the accepting of repentance, Al Rahim, the merciful. So what's the lesson in this story for us? Hmm? Tell the truth. No matter how difficult it is. What other lesson is there in the story for us? Worry about making Allah happy, not people. People can be okay with you. They can forgive you. They'll bear with you. But if Allah is not happy, then it doesn't matter. Don't lose hope in seeking forgiveness from Allah. Karb bin Malik, imagine he's facing rejection up to 50 days. Imagine if we make dua for something for 50 times, if we make dua for something 50 times, and we don't see any results, would we raise up our hands again? Would we? 
What do we do? We give up. We say, Allah doesn't listen to me. He doesn't accept my prayers. Ka'ab bin Malik and his companions knew, if Allah does not forgive us, who can shelter us? Where can we go? Where can we find protection? We can't do nothing if Allah is not happy with us. They knew this as a fact. So don't leave his door until you are pardoned. Don't give up until you get yourself forgiven. Keep begging Allah for mercy and be firm. Beg Him. You know like we want something from people and we beg them. We ask them, we write to them, we remind them, we ask them again, we send word to them. We don't give up until we have what we want. We don't care about how cheap we look, we don't care about how greedy we look, how humiliated we look, we don't care because we want something. Be determined in seeking forgiveness like this. In getting your sins forgiven like this. And it doesn't matter what sin it is. If you are determined and hopeful, forgiveness is for you. If you are determined and you are hopeful, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive. Abu Qatada anhu was with Karbun Malik alone. They're in the garden, nobody's there. But Abu Qatada remembered, the Prophet ﷺ has forbidden me from talking to Karb. So even though Karbun Malik is insisting again and again and again, did Abu Qatada talk to him, have a conversation with him? No. Exactly. Karbun Malik could have easily gone to the king of Ghassan, attained a high position over there. He was a poet, someone who had a lot of value in Arabia. But yet, he didn't leave the messenger wasallam. If for 50 days they had to suffer boycott and isolation for the sin of procrastination, doesn't that tell us about how worse the punishment of the hereafter will be? Think about it. 50 days of isolation. Why? Because of procrastination. Imagine how much worse the punishment of the hereafter will be for not just procrastination, but for sins that are greater than that, what world are we living in? We think, keep sinning, it's okay. Allah's ghafoorur rahim. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. لَقَدْ تَابَ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُ فِي سَاعَةِ الْعُسْرَةِ الذين اتبعوه في ساعة العسرة من بعد ما كاد يزيغ قلوب فريق منهم ثم تاب عليهم إنه بهم رؤوف رحيم وعلى الثلاثة الذين خلفوا حتى إذا ضاقت عليهم الأرض بما رحبت وضاقت عليهم أنفسهم وظنوا وظنوا ألا ملجأ من الله إلا إليه ثم تاب عليهم لي 
ان اللہ ہوں تو رحیم